Hello and welcome to The Wind Thieved Hat, a series of conversations with artists, writers, directors, performers and makers in which we talk about the creative process, the highs and the lows. In this, the third episode, I chat to the inimitable Rob Orton. Our conversation ranges from what reality is like for onions through to, in his words, those days when everything slips away and it's just you and what you're making. Today's guest is a writer, artist and performer and I think I can safely say there's no one else quite like him. He's been described as an evangelist for the invisible. Uh, someone who, yeah it's true. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. that. Um, someone who draws back the curtain to reveal the surreal, peculiar and profound in the everyday. Paddy Considine has called him a very funny man. Yeah, that was at a barbecue. Was it? Yeah. Take, it, take a quote where you can get it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> whereas, whereas Vanessa Feltz has described him as just sad. Yeah, but, that um, was on Radio 2, unfortunately. But I wish the quotes were the other way around. That's a ringing endorsement, Vanessa Feltz. Yeah, it is, sad. isn't it? Um, he is, by his own account, a lover of creativity and the human side of the human race. He is Rob Orton. I am. Hello, Rob. Hello. Nice to have you here. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. I would like to begin with, with just go hard in with a big question. Go on then. Why do you write? Um, to get what's inside of me outside, I think, and just try to... Um, that's a bit loud, isn't it? Um, not on stage. Um, to, uh, to the ideas, just to, the ones that I want to keep, just to, I think, writing them down is the best way of recording them. At the moment. I guess why do I create stuff is a different question, isn't it? But it's just to keep it. I think it's so... So, so the ideas that come to me and I like... Yeah. The ones that I like enough, I want to get them down so they exist as they came to me and made me laugh or think or whatever. Yeah. And I want that to be... Um, I want to give them to other people to see if they like them in that specific the way that they came to me and just be like, this came to me, here, you can have it and see what you think of it. And yeah. sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't. And, you know, I think that's it. But I think I've got to trust um, the, almost like the bell in my head that goes off when I have an idea. Yeah. Um, and do you find that there's, uh, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of work to be done to get the idea from your head to paper? Or does it no, happen quite quickly? Yeah, really quick, yeah. I remember I've got a I've got a thing about the colour maroon that I do quite a lot. Yes. The painters are painting maroon, maroon. The painters are painting maroon, maroon. Maroon, 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 maroon. And I was working in, the art sh- in an art shop at the time and I was stacking um, pro markers and um, there was a maroon, I was stacking the maroon one and I thought, oh, maroon, maroon. And the, the thing didn't come to me, like, I wrote it down on the, I was, doing, I was doing the, I was stacking them, but I was also ordering them at the same time. So I used to write ideas down on the corner of the order forms in a, with a mechanical pencil. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, not all days, but some days, the order form would have all this stuff around it <laughs> and I'd have to cut it all off and put it in my pocket. Yeah. And I've got another one that I do all the time, which is about if I have a son, his name will be Dad after my dad and I was walking in the tube walking down to the Victoria Line tube and um, just heard someone say dad a, a little boy called their, call their dad dad and I thought well what if that was the other way around but bigger pieces where I'm like oh, I want to write a thing about this like I had a piece that I did for the end of I did a show about sleeping called The Sleep Show and at the end of it I had a piece about a letter from Father Christmas yes and um, it's about Father Christmas's Christmas list so the idea I had for that was oh what would it be like if Father Christmas had a Christmas list and what would it be like what would he want from me and I liked that idea so 
I'd worked on it. It didn't come fully formed. It just gave me a, a like, oh yeah, I like that idea. I'll, I'll work on that and write it and uh, sit yeah. down. And then the more you perform it, the more you realise what, what bits can be shortened. And then often new bits will come to me when I'm yes. doing it. So things can be fleshed out. And um, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe the longer something is, the, the, the more work it takes. That was yeah, in, de- definitely. The, yeah. the, the water yeah. poem about water. Mm. Do you know, I was sat on the underground mm. in Paris mm. on Monday mm. reading that and somebody leant over and said that, that's, that's good what are you reading Re- it? really who is it and I said um, Rob Orton he's a, he's a British writer and she said alright and she took a little photograph really of it. what bit was it can you remember it was the water what so it's like what is water yeah. water is the smell because there's a few the, bits the long, isn't the, there the long water one yeah, where it's like a list. Yeah, and it starts off in sort of verse and becomes sort of prose at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great, amazing. Yeah. God, that's good, isn't it? You're going international, yeah. I'd love, yeah, I mean, but stuff like that, I mean, there's lines in that poem that I think about and I like, like, what is water? Water, the opposite of pastry. Is it bad to like your own ideas? I don't think it is, because the thing is, is that no one likes my work more than me. I... I, you've got to be your biggest fan. Otherwise, if you want people... I want people to like it as much as I do, but they're never going to, because I, it's, my, it's my whole life. Yeah. It's, I've committed to it, and it's like... my boat, you know, and I'm, I'm just... I'm like, this is all I've got. If I don't look after it and worship it and respect it and go yeah that is good then no one else is going to do it for me and the thing is with reviews and critics and things like that it's also it just depends who's in and when they're in and if if someone gives you a good review great if they give you a bad review okay but it's like they're going to be thinking about something else tomorrow i think it's really interesting that um that a lot of artists and writers and creators have this curious combination Mm. of kind of ego and vulnerability mm. that there, there has to be belief in your own work because mm. it's not easy to you know yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. make it work in creating mm. and, and you have to have the confidence I guess in your case to stand up and, and presume that yeah. um, you know however many people are going to be entertained by hearing it yeah. but they're also to make really good affecting work that speaks to people I think you need a certain kind of vulnerability don't you uh, think to, so. to understand what it means to be human mm. and to communicate in a way that resonates with people. Yeah. Well, I think the work that I'm making has to resonate with me, first of, first of all. So when I did the face show, I did a piece at the end of it about a mouse and an alien. Um, and, like, the mouse was showing the alien around. I can't remember. But I was crying when I was writing it. And because I, it, was, it was the ideas that I was having were affecting me. And I didn't, when I, the vast majority of times when I performed that, I would get emotional because it was like, it's exactly what I want. This is, it's like, this is real for me. I'm saying this and I, it's not that I want to say it to a lot of people or how many people were there, but it's like, I feel like I might, I should, because it's had its effect on me, so, and I want it to be positive. Like, if it was a negative message, I wouldn't, I'd be like, mm, maybe you don't want to try and do that, but I want to, I want to try and do, do, put something positive out into the world. As, a kick against all the stuff that I see that makes me want to create something positive that gives people something that to make to put things in people's heads that aren't already there just like a news story would get you know it's like the, for me you know art is just it's about putting something in someone's head that isn't already there so you walk into those rooms in the Tate Modern and you see the Rothko paintings and they're there and it's like a big slab of red it's like boom okay 
Right, that's in my head now, and that's what he's done. And can I can I ask you about the face show? You yeah, 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 yeah. So that that was the first thing I saw with you. Mm. And there were a couple of things that struck me about that. Mm. The first was that when we went in to sit down as yeah. the audience, yeah, you were you had your face peeking through oh, yeah, a, yeah, a board yeah, yeah. with yeah. sort of faces on it. Yeah, and I thought, bloody hell, that must be quite something for a performer who's about to perform in front of a bunch mm. of people yeah I would imagine the best place to be is sort of backstage in the dressing room taking some deep breaths or having a glass of whiskey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to watch the audience come in mm. and sit down mm. and to look at you and uh, that's quite a brave thing to do mm. I like taking risks and um, my old graphic designer said to me teacher said to me the risk always wins and uh, I kind of stand by that. With the sleep show that I did, I was lying down on stage as people walked in. Um, do you get nervous? Yeah, I do get nervous. Yeah, I think Paul Weller said, like, if you're not nervous and you don't care, I mean, he said it better than that, but some, something, <laughs> something like, I think it's like driving. Like, if you get overconfident with driving, you're going to crash, aren't you? Yeah. So you've got to, I think it's more of like a focus and just try and do the best job you can. I do get, I mean, when was the last time I got really nervous? When my parents come, I get nervous. Right. Because they've seen all my shows and um, I want them to think that I'm not wasting my time. And I want them to see me be happy on stage and to feel like I'm to feel like I um, am, having, am having a good time with my life. Because I think that's what they, when they were, when they were, when I, when they were gonna have me, I th I'd like to think that they thought, like, what do we want for this little boy? And I think it would probably be like, we just want him to be happy and have a, have a nice time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they've come to some gigs that have been really difficult. Like we did, I did a show about water called The Water Show and we did it in a place in Richmond in North Yorkshire. I know Richmond, yeah. And I mean, it was in the Georgian Theatre. Have you been there? Uh, I haven't, but it's quite a sort of conservative place. Yeah, isn't it? Quite a straight it is. Lace, yeah, Richmond. very. And all the audience were over, nothing wrong with being over 65, but I'll say that a lot of the audience were as you just described, and over 65, and I was doing this show all about water, coming on and being like, water, what is it good for? Absolutely, loads of stuff. Come on, everybody. And they're just like, what? This is not going well. And then my parents are there like trying to, you know, they're not, um, it, and we were there for the weekend. We'd organised to go walking in the Dales after, and uh, afterwards my dad was like, that was tough, wasn't it? And it's like, yep, it really was. How do you deal with a bad gig? Do you just move on, put it in the past, or does it... It does depends, it, I think. Does it echo it, on whether your parents were there? I think it depends on if, I'm, if it's my fault, then I just get a bit cross with myself and be like, you can't do that. that they deserved more than that. There were, I did a gig in Edinburgh where it was really bad. And it was, it was full, but there was just nothing. And the day before had been electric. Like in Edinburgh, do you do 24 gigs? And hope, I always go like, hopefully I'll have three that I love probably have a couple, two or three that are awful and the rest will be like a gradient of in between. Yeah. And, um, but this one was really, really, really bad and I couldn't put my finger on why and I spoke to maybe six or seven other people and they would just say exactly the same on that specific day, that the audience were there, that there was just no energy. It was a full moon and, you know, don't want to get too hippie about it, but that does have a effect. I think teachers will tell you that. Like, when it's a full moon, kids are going crazy. Yes. And people will work behind bars. 
Yeah, so the same thing. People work in psychiatric hospitals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a whole different. um, So it's the moon's fault. Well, they weren't going crazy. They were really (laughs) quiet. So I don't know what. Maybe there was. Yeah. You mentioned uh, 2005 when I asked my first question. Like that. That was a point in your life where you you started having ideas. You said since 2005. What happened in 2005? Uh. Because you used to work in advertising. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you've also worked in an art shop. Yeah. Yeah. And a supermarket. Right. Um, 2005, I moved down to London. Right. And I started writing things down in notebooks. Um, and the graphic design course that I did was uh, very much ideas based. We'd get briefs, and it would be about the look, but they weren't really worried about the look. It was about the concept, um, and it had to have some meat behind it. And like, um, so I moved down to London, thinking, uh, oh, I want to get a job in somewhere that wants people to have ideas. Like, I didn't. I knew that I wanted to have ideas, and I kind of enjoyed having ideas. And I thought, oh. Who want who? Which industry wants someone who wants likes having ideas? And I thought, oh, advertising. There's a lot of there were some good adverts on the t- at the time yeah. on telly. And you know, when you see a good advert on telly, yeah, can really, you know, you carry I carry it around with me for ages. You know, like the Guinness, the horses. They're like they are like presents. I think that when there's a good advert that makes you laugh, or you're like, oh god, that was a gift. Yeah. And um, I and um, I was thinking, oh yeah, someone's behind that. Someone's had an idea for that. And um, I started sending. I'd been writing short stories actually, and I sent them off to advertising agencies around London. And uh, they were like, "What are you doing? Why are you sending us this? We can't help you. What do you want your stuff back?" And I put loads of effort into it, like I gave them, I did loads of drawings, I did gave them like a nice tracing paper cover with stuff printed on it. Right. Loved it, I was like, oh, this is, I was like, oh, these are good, I'm going to send those out and then they'll definitely give me a job. And they didn't. <sighs> but um, eventually I got into advertising by my dad, so he, where he used to be a plumber, and he sent... Um, he, he was like, um, look, Rob, there's a place where I go to get my pipes. His brother-in-law, the guy who runs the pipe shop, his brother-in-law works for an advertising agency. Uh-huh. And why don't you send them your stuff? And then I did that. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you two weeks work experience. Did that. They said, we do a thing called a placement for a month. You can do that. Yeah. And uh, then ended up getting employed. And the managing director there, Martin Galton, who runs a poetry night called Bang Said the Gun that I do a lot of stuff at. Yes. And um, he gave me my first gig just by saying... I mean, the thing is with advertising, it was it's so close to being a perfect job for someone who considers themselves to be a creative. But for me, I found it... It's, it's problem-solving and it's a business. Yeah. Like he, he would say to me, look, it's a business. You can't be doing these worm cartoons for the House of Fraser sale. It, it's not going to work. You're wasting your time. And um, but I ended up. I was like, okay, well, I'll do that for that. But I've got. And then I started having these, just writing things down and being like, oh, that's all. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And then could yeah. like the creative freedom of not having to go to a brief and just being like, I can do anything in this notebook. Do you know what I mean? Like I can do anything. I can. I'm just going to buy a notebook and I can write all this stuff down. And some and like I can just go crazy. And I remember I used to absolutely rinse the photocopier and just um, like skew um, pictures, you know, as it's moving, as the photocopy is moving, and like cut it out and stick a word on top of it, and and um, like it brought out my um, the rage that I had or the frustration of people not liking my. I mean, we did. I did some alright stuff. I did an advert for Florette salad. Right. 
um, and uh, things like that. How, how, was, how, how was making the switch then from uh, having a, a regular paycheck at the end of the month yeah. through to the, the sort of, you know, battlefield of uh, performing? Um, and... Well, I was working in, I got made redundant, copyrighted partner I was working with at the time. She really wanted to keep going and did keep going and she still works in advertising now. Um, but what was your question again? Uh, I'm sorry I, to the people listening. No, no, I, no. <laughs> I have a uh, ability to not answer questions. That's all right. It, it was it was about going from having a regular income to yeah. um, you know having to rely well, on, I, I'm, on the sort of performing. Yeah, game. I'm from Yorkshire, so I'm quite tight with money anyway. I think what it did not having any money made me hungry to want to be able to go to the supermarket and buy food. And so therefore I worked hard to write as much as I can, as much as I could, and uh, get up and go to as many different nights as I can, getting paid nothing. When you've never done a gig and you do a gig and it goes well, it's like, whoa, I'll never get those highs Maybe I'll get... I don't know what's going to happen, but... I know... I remember that. I remember, not to sound like too much of a weirdo, but I remember leaving the Poetry Cafe after that night and looking up to the, looking up at the moon and being like, yeah, I can, I can do this and I'm going to do it. Right. And went home and I was just full of it and I was like... Okay, what am I going to do now? And then you do your next gig and you have a confidence, so you absolutely die on your ass. And um, but that but that sustains you, does it? That, that, yeah, that, it that, does, that, and that it's feeling. Sti- yeah, and it's still st- the sustains me. That feeling. Yeah, and it's still the chase of. I mean, I don't. You can't chase it, but it's like as a. The, um, it's it's. Um, I did a yeah. I did the Poetry Cafe last night, and I wrote three new things that I'd had them in my notes folder for ages and I wrote them up last night just before, well yesterday afternoon before I went and performed them for the first time I read them out and uh, performing things gives those the words like muscle quite quickly do you know and I I believed in it but now I want to perform them again because every time you perform something you learn how to perform it and you're like, oh, if I say this, 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 if I say that in a different way then that can have the effect on that audience. And the thing is, it's like, it's just feeling your way in the dark a lot of the time we're performing. With anything, is it? It's like, when you, it's like just trial and error. Mm. And that's all it's been for me, trial and error, doing the Edinburgh Fringes and you start and you're like, oh, that, that didn't work, this didn't work. Yeah. I but, guess in Edinburgh you get a chance to hone things. Is, yeah, definitely. Doing yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, just to come back, I mentioned about 20 minutes ago that the, um, <sighs> there are a couple of things that struck me about the face show. Oh, yeah, right. One was you sticking your face through. Yeah. The other was that you, you seemed genuinely emotional during the performance of it. Yeah. Uh, and that, in, in, in turn... Made at least me and um, my wife, who was there within the audience, the audience sort of there was, um, and I was surprised by that. You know, I mm. thought that, that, that often you um, you get a sense from a performer that they're aware of the weight of whatever it is that they're conveying, yeah. but they're not actually being moved by it at that minute. Yeah, but I did get that sense with you. Yeah, well, you must have been there on the night where. I could get into the space that I needed to get into with it to be able to connect with the feelings that I had when I wrote it and the reason why I wrote that piece. Thinking about John Lennon being murdered and writing about it in the... The, the, the thing at the end of the face show is about um, the mouse showing the alien, go, giving him a tour of history, really, saying the good things and then going into the darker side of things and um, yeah so the mouse takes the alien onto like Omaha Beach and then the alien has like gets splattered with blood and it's going down his face and things like that I'm sensitive to things like that Mm. I don't know why and for me everyone should be everyone 
I mean, the fact that John Lennon got murdered, and I live in a world where an AK-47 exists and a piano exists at the same time, is just... I'm going to die, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I lived on this planet where they had guns to shoot people and pianos to make people dance, and it was just a, a mess. But it was brilliant, but it was chaos but you just had to keep going and rolling because you got you were born and then there's no turning back and it's like I think you got to, I try to connect with like all this stuff comes from my the uh, whole thing is like what the what is go what is this whole thing what is it you know people just getting me coming here today and not even I try to remind myself that when I see a pigeon on the road it's got eyes and it can see me and I've got eyes and I can see it and it's got a it needs to have water and I need to have water and we're pretty much it's got a heart and I've got a heart you know and thinking about things like that just makes me look at things like politics and go are you what 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 is this what is going on? What, how can it be like this? It doesn't have to be like this. Look at it. We can change it. it don't spoil it. I, think, I look at the news and I'm like, don't spoil it. Look how good this could be. You're spoiling it. Don't spoil it. And I was thinking about that last night when I was at the poetry cafe. You know, when sometimes I go to funerals and weddings and people talk about God. And for me, I just cannot... I, don't, I, I won't go into it too much. People can believe what they want, and that's fine. If people get faith, hope from faith, and they have a faith and it helps them get through their lives, I think that is great. And I think that a lot of the most stable, grounded, wholesome people I know believe in God and are having a great life. And I wish I had that faith, but I don't. And when I, when I see people, when there's been a attack of some sort and the people prime ministers and things like that start talking about God and they say we, we need to thank God for this, this, this I just think well you're the people with the power he's you're saying that he's got the power don't pass on the responsibility it's you you're the God like you're you can do it. Maybe cut this out, but that's what I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. And um, one, one of the things I've noticed, like looking back through the three books in anticipation of this, is that um, the most recent book, Take Care, seems a bit more reflective about, you know, your being in this universe right now. Yeah, yeah. With the sort of infinite blackness mm. either side of, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. of this small time. Yeah, because I think maybe as you get older, well, I thought I'd know what was going on by now, but I don't. And I feel like, I was like, oh, don't worry, Rob, when you're an adult, everything will make sense and it'll all come into view. Yeah. And um, you won't be as confused by everything. Yeah. You assume as a kid, don't you, that somebody's going to flick a switch. Yeah, yeah. And and you'll be a grown-up. Yeah. And you won't be, but now I'm more anxious in cars than ever. (laughs) And um, and what it, all it does is that it, it kind of I see people who are younger than me, who are police officers and things like that. I'm like, wow, they've got it so sorted. What mm. what am I doing? Mm. And the we're talking about the blackness either side of the um, our planet, like that's something that. Like I try to make myself feel small as often as I can because it frees me up and makes me think, oh, I can do anything. I don't really matter. I'm a piece of dust with a heartbeat, you know, and I'm like... Did. So if we've got our planet and there's, it goes off, so you've got the sky and then it goes and 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 it goes... Forever. There's no ceiling, is there? There's no wall. No. There's no bricks. 
it's just there and it keeps going. And I said, I was talking to one of my friends about this and he was like, I was like, look, if you've got a scaffolding pole and started putting it up and doing up and 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 up forever, it would just be a really, really, really long spike coming from the world. The world. Yeah. And he was like, no, it would start bending back on itself because that's how the universe works. And like, <laughs> no, it's a straight scaffolding pole. And it's just like, it, it goes forever. And it just makes me feel so small and insignificant. And that's what frees me up to write things. And there's some lines in the book like, um, did I evolve to be the right size for oranges or did oranges evolve to be the right size for us? Or something like that. Just the fact that an orange fits in my hand. I'm like, wow, man, you know. Because oranges could be the size of foot, but they're not. And it's, um, it all just works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it, that's what fascinates me so much about it. And it excites me. And I love looking at animals and just... There's a, some stuff in my talk show about... I can't believe I got used to the fact that elephants exist. I've seen them, they're absolutely massive. And they are. And their eyes are huge. And I'm like, fuck, you know. I'm like, just like oh, I'm fine with that. Elephants. Yeah, cool. That's perfect. <laughs> Look at them. Great. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, but you see it in children. They're giddy. Yes, yeah. And we lose that. And I'm not saying, oh, come on, try to hang on to your childhood. I'm like, look at it. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Just let's have a look at it and yeah. talk about it. And Yeah. Well, there, there, is a, there is a really nice um, sort of uh, naivety, sort of the wrong word. But, but in your work, you... you, you, you um, uh, I think somebody might re- sort of read a couple of poems and think this is quite sort of um, funny and surreal. But there's a weight to it as well. But you, you provide a sort of fresh perspective. There's a quote Hopefully. you use from Jim Carrey in mm. one of your books. Don't ever let fear turn against your playful self. Yeah. Don't ever let fear turn you against your playful heart, innit? Yes. Yeah. And he's... Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But there's other f- quotes in the other books. Like, one, I love the flaming lips... It's all about optimism, isn't it? What's he say? It's brilliant. I mean, he's just... Um, with optimism and imagination, we know that regardless of our plight, we always have the power to create our own happiness. With optimism... I think that's it. It's about being optimistic, isn't it? And I love Josie Long's stuff, and she's so optimistic. And it's just... The benefit, the, the, the joy, really, the beauty of creativity and why it's such a valuable thing. I think it is. That yeah. in spite of... Our awareness that um, our own personal days are numbered, mm. and our, our knowledge of the of the hopelessness of a lot of apparent hopelessness of a lot of situations mm. in the world, people still make stuff. Yeah. They make music mm. and they write and they perform, yeah. and and that is um, that is that is that is balm to the soul. Yeah, and it's um, something to turn to in. No, I mean, my, yeah, my hour of need, I guess. I mean, I get really, really sad a lot of the time. Not a lot of the time. I mean, if my dad was listening to this, he'd be like, oh, why? I remember at Christmas once, it was Boxing Day morning, and I was eating my cereal and I just started crying. And it was like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. And I couldn't stop. And it's just, I think sometimes it's just all a bit overwhelming. Just being, just being, I think it's overwhelming for everyone sometimes. Don't you? I do, I do. Although I think um, people who are moved to write and paint and, and draw maybe feel things... A little bit more. Maybe. I don't think so. I think everyone has got... They have these... I think people have glimpses of, like, what, what is happening? I think maybe sometimes people keep themselves busy playing sport and being with friends and... Working. Working and having fun. And 
to me that is to be commended and I wish I could do that and I could maybe I could do that maybe I'm too I'm not lazy but I um, there was a point in my life where I felt like I needed to question some stuff doing or just just not accept just not go by a book that's been written before do you know I don't want to live my life by a book that someone else wrote not in like yeah fair enough they had their opinion great but I mean pretty much all of science that we believe in at the moment in 10,000 years people will look back at us now and be like can you believe how they used to live and what they used to believe it's absolutely ridiculous. And we're here and we're like, hey, we know everything. Look at our smartphones. And they're gonna, it's just going to be, I'd love to, yeah, and like all those years ago, then we look back on the people in the olden times and it's yeah. not even that long ago, you know, like 500 years. Yeah. There's a sort of arrogance of the now, isn't there? Totally. Yeah, there is. That's good. Yeah. There is definite arrogance of the now, yeah. Um, and you, I suppose you remind us in uh, some of your books. What? To question. Because ah, yeah. it's a bit, it's perspective, isn't it, to a certain extent, that you, um, you're sort of uh, shifting the camera a little bit. Maybe. You're putting it in a tree or on the floor. Yeah. Are you, trying, you're to, are you trying to wrap this up? How no, long do you want to talk for? No, no. I'm I not. could go forever. No, so. no, no, it's good. I've not. I'm, uh, I, had a, I had a sort of structure planned, but we've. Um, yeah, sorry. You know, we've deviated. We've All right, deviated. well, go back. Can, go. I give you, can I give you a couple of quotes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you said um, you said sometimes it feels as if the world is a pub quiz and I'm sat at a table on my own and I don't know any of the answers yeah which is um, appropriate given we sat upstairs in a pub yeah um, and there's nobody else in the room mm. uh, yeah I'd definitely go I'd, I'd isolation is stick it? by that because I was thinking as I was reading the books over the last couple of weeks I thought um I was thinking, is there, is there a loneliness to these poems? I thought loneliness isn't quite the right word, but there's a solitariness sometimes. I think and so. There's a, there's I th- a sense of, of you, of Rob Orton being there, looking at the world, yeah. going on. Yeah. I think it's quite sad. I mean, not sad. I mean, I've got friends, and if they said, if you said to them, are you Rob's friend? They'd say, yeah. We're friends, but I never feel like I'm someone's first go-to person to ring up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I find that... I think that makes me feel like I'm... I don't know. Different in some way. In a, in a negative way in a way that they don't feel that they can that I can't connect with people as well as I should do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I get nervous around people and uh, find it yeah being in new company find it really difficult I find it I get anxious and I'm worried what people think of me a lot of the time. I spend so much time on my own, like, on tour. I do, and um, I've been doing this full-time for since 2012 now. Writing shows for the Edinburgh Fringe every year, doing gigs, and um, I don't think it's healthy for a person to spend so much time on their own. I, I think that You've got to, you've got to be around people to have anything decent to say anyway. But you've got to be part of the world. So how do you deal with that? Um, have you have you found a way of dealing with it yet? Or I don't know. I was on? really worried actually when I I did my first book, and I thought oh, I'm not going to be able to have any more ideas because all those bo- all those ideas came from when I wasn't so alone living in isolation another book and then I wrote another book and then I'm going to write another book and and the I think it's I was thinking about this last night like you change obviously yeah 
and your work changes and you've just got to ride it and try to hold on as the best you can and see where it takes you and because it is it's a thing of like when I did those poems last night I thought oh, is this any good I don't know I, I mean I think it's good I hope I mean they're light it's not going to shake the world or anything but I quite like I liked them I added some things about being bitten in a, a festivals when I get bitten on the legs and like living things biting me they don't they don't even know me do you know what I mean living things biting me and always I always think of the things that bite me to be male I don't know why like yeah. not female and like yeah. if I did like would it become kind of sexual if I was like oh yeah bite me bite me if it was a female mosquito you're like oh yeah go on and then maybe the mosquitoes are leaving love bites or like oh yeah that's a, like look at that you really got into me last night and it was I was just I don't know it's just but I get joy from that I yeah, make it, it, yeah. it, it, I don't I mean it's like yeah. maybe it's a bit self-indulgent but I make so myself that, that, laugh that sustains you is it? totally yeah. 100% yeah. And I've got to be like oh fuck like and like thinking about ghosts there was a line in one of the things last night like some people who believe in ghosts vote in general elections or something like that people who vote in general elections believe in ghosts and believe in general elections or something and it and then it towards the end of the poem it's like thinking about the ghosts of different things and i know this has probably all been done a million times um but like the ghost of a robin or something like that or a killer whale or i just love that like uh Think, just trying to think about the possibilities. Mm. You have a particular affinity with animals, don't you? I think. Because uh, I, I, my first question was going to be, are you the orangutan who always likes to say yes? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, am, I am. Yeah. I thought I might get things up. No, I think that they've got. They're all. They're all. They've got their own thing going on. Yeah. Not only that. There was a thing I did in the talk show about onions. Like, what are onions doing? What's the end goal for an onion? They're not here for us. They're in it for themselves, right? aren't they? They're trying to live. If onions were left to their own devices, what would the world be like? More onions everywhere. Like, we're onions living in peace before people start digging them up and putting them in risottos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, living th- they're a living thing. And just because we don't know what reality is for them... It's, I mean, it still might sound a bit trippy. I mean, I got some reviews. If anyone wants to read some of the quotes, I've got a website, robauton.co.uk, and there's a praise and criticism section. Someone said this year, I looks like a mad tramp in a review for a thing. I was like, wow, are you allowed to put that? And, um, yeah, there's a couple of issues there, isn't there? Yeah, and someone else was like, once immersed in his borderline autistic world, there's loads of pearls to be had. I was like, I'm not sure about that. But you've still put it on the website. Yeah, yeah. Of course I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, animals, they, I just, I, I, am, I like the fact that there's the living things and we don't know what reality is for them. I don't know what reality is for them. I know that I'll always be fascinated by the fact about all these different things that have got eyes, you know. Mm. Like, if you got all the eyes and put them all on this table, I mean, there's not, you know, all the different types. Even all the different types of eyes of fish, if you got them and laid them out on a table, you'd be yeah. like, whoa, look at all yeah. these. And, and, um, and then if you did it of animals and, like, stuff like that sticks with me. You know, there's that thing in Indiana Jones where they have the um, sheep's eye. Yeah. And just things like that as a kid, I was like, flip, look at that. And it's... I don't really I don't take drugs at all but I imagine that um, the, the, the yeah I don't well, it, well no I think there's some truth in that you know drugs give you a, a sort of extraordinary perception well and, and I think probably you have an extraordinary I think I, I took magic world. mushrooms once and um, it made me forget this was at university so in 2002 and uh, it made me forget everything. 
my mate had a phone, his mobile phone, and I was like, "What? What's that?" And then he started saying words, and I couldn't understand them, and everything just went. Yeah. And I, it made me realise that everything has been. We've, we've. I mean, Ivor Cutler is one of my big heroes, and yes. he's got a poem about um, us putting labels on things and giving names to things, and uh, how some of the things haven't been given names yet. Mm. We haven't put a tag on it. Mm. And I love that. And um, it made me realise that apples are only called apples because someone gave them that, you know. But that's really interesting because I think a lot of your work is sort of going, what's that? Yeah. You know, it's it's taking a pigeon or an onion. Yeah. Or things that are yellow. Yeah. Or bats. Yeah. I've had a bat experience. Have you? Yeah. What is that? Um... So, I, you know, I live in Wales. Yeah. Uh, we used to live in this house just by a stream, a little cottage. And one day, I reached into the bread bin <laughs> for a pit of bread. Yeah. And I pulled out a bat. Whoa, really? How yeah, did it get I, in there? I have no idea still to this day. But I just took the top off and I was chatting to my son. Yeah. Um, who said I, I squealed like he did. <laughs> <laughs> me squealed before. And I pulled a bat out of the bread bin. Was and it? We have, we have no idea. It was a living bat. Was it? It was fine. Uh, I took it outside. Did and you it have it by his wing or something? No, it was. It, it sort of. Um, uh, do you know what? I can't remember exactly how I held it now. But I, 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 I drew this bat out. Of yeah, the bread yeah, bin. yeah, yeah. It was a very odd feeling, pita bread. Um, and I read your poem about the bat coming around to watch TV, and it, um, it recalled this. Um, my yeah. own personal bat experience. Yeah. It was a bat and a hedgehog came around to you. Place, yeah, well, it? that was it. I, that was something that I just started writing, and I didn't stop. And I remember it. I was there for a few hours, and I love those artists, the those moments of creating something where you just get taken away, and everything just goes. And it, I do a lot of paint. Well, not so much now, but when I was painting, those days when you just everything just slips away and you're just there and it's just you and what you're making mm. that didn't exist before yeah and it's so such a rewarding experience just to, even if you end up smashing it up and it doesn't work it's like just just the the process of making it yeah is um it's a wonderful feeling isn't it it, it makes you feel alive right yeah because it's almost like you're the, it's coming through you. you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're right there in that in that moment. Yeah, it's it's um, it's, uh, it's kind of like creative nirvana, isn't it? Really, totally. And yeah, I remember r- r- writing that, and then um, yeah, look back on then you look back on what was written, and we're like, oh, I like that bit. No, I'm not so keen on that bit, but but yeah. Um, but just make, you know, if I can make myself think about bats, I'm pleased with that. Do you know what I mean? Like thinking about a bat, having a concentrated, something about a bat's face. Like I made myself think differently about a bat's face with what I'd written and mm. making me, making myself realise things. Mm. That's what I'd, I'd love to, like, you know, I was talking about all the creases and folds in a bat's face and how it's a very concentrated area of the world. And uh, just like, oh, yeah, I, I like that. I'll, I'll hang on to that. Just so I can think about it for myself when I walk, when I'm on the tube. Or, and I mean, I'm not saying that I'm walking around thinking about my own ideas all the time. I mean, I love other people's ideas. But um, they are like, um, it's comforting. Yeah. Can I ask you quite a specific question? Yeah. We, we talked a bit about words, but yeah. you mentioned painting. Yeah. Why, why did you paint... A, picture of Deborah Meaden the dragon uh, because from the BBC2 series I uh, went through a stage of drawing painting uh, I wanted to paint as many famous faces as I could but of a very specific I don't know They would, the, the bell would go off when I found out someone oh yeah so I did Antonio Warrell Thompson <laughs> Chris Tarrant you did Trevor McDonald. Deborah, Middle, Deborah Mead and Trevor McDonald um, did a really rushed one of Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley. 
And I didn't, I put it on Twitter and I didn't at him. I just put Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley. And he retweeted it. So he must have been Google, he must have been searching for his own name. Right. Revealing. Yeah. Did he, Deborah Meaton didn't give you a retweet? No, she didn't. No, she, she busy, didn't. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that was a project that I gave up on. I thought this would be a really fun thing for me to do. Like, every time I've got a bit of free time, I'm just going to paint one of these faces. And you know when you... So the first one I did was of... Uh, who was it of? I think it even might have been Liz Hurley. And it was crap. And it was with acrylics. And But then I did another one and it was slightly better. Or I was more pleased with it. And then I did another one and I was slightly more pleased with it. So I think half of it is just starting, isn't it? Yeah. And then start, do something that you're not pleased with do it again, try and get more pleased with it. And that's the same with the Edinburgh shows, is do something, just make a decision to do it, and try. And isn't that the problem for a lot of people, I think, is is the sort of fear of failure stops them from ever doing. Yeah. That you you don't begin writing because you want it to be perfect. Mm. And um, you start and it's not perfect. Mm. And, then, and then you don't come back to it. But but anybody who's, who's made a body of work knows that part of making a body of work is just making a body of work. Yeah. And just doing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wish everything that I'd written I liked, but I really don't. There's loads of it where I think, oh yeah, that was a bad idea, or that, was, that wasn't very good. Or, But some of it, it's worth um, persevering. I think I love watching... Um, post-match interviews in football as well because they have so much I remember Brendan Rodgers the old Liverpool manager said um, hard work leads to confidence and confidence leads to success and Anton Ferdinand the old QPR defender he said uh, believe to achieve <laughs> and, uh, but there's loads of them and just about, I think Arsene Wenger said something really good about um, he's got the he's got the talent, but he needs to um, now commit to the work, yeah, to to make himself in the play into the the player that he can be. And like, I think athletes are such a good example of uh, finding out that they can do something, but then doing it like Cristiano Ronaldo and just being like as good as he can be and training yeah. so hard yeah and there's a lot of people in the spoken word thing that are and comedy and I look at them and like and even even some musicians where you go I mean yeah that's an okay song but I mean it's not but the work ethic is just there, and that's going to get people further than anything, isn't it? I mean, I you've got to have a dis- you've got to have a bit of ability, I think. But I was I was in an interview this morning on the train on the way down um, uh, with a woman called Alice, who used to be in Chumbawamba. Do you remember Chumbawamba? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's she's now a writer. She's just written an, a couple of episodes of The Bodyguard, which is on BBC. Really? And doing really yeah, well. I've just been watching it. Yeah. Uh, and she got some advice from um, a famous writer whose name I escape. It escapes me now. And he'd said to her, just work four times harder than anybody else. Okay. And that was his thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 I, think, um, I think some people assume that, that it just arrives out of the sky, sort of fully formed, mm. and, and, and that there isn't work to be done. But there is. There's there's a there definitely is. isn't there, of inspiration and, and sort yeah. of graph. Do you ever get stuck? Do you ever, do you ever find that there's... Stuck with a particular piece? Follow days where... No, I never get... You don't strike me as somebody who gets... No, I don't really get stuck. I think if something isn't working, I just... It's like, oh, it's not meant to be. And and do you know when something is finished? Yeah, I think so. Just by... When you... I think with with Edinburgh shows, that taught me when something is finished when you've taken enough bits away and put enough bits back in and you don't need to put any more bits back in maybe and you're like yeah this is 
I can't improve. I don't think I can improve this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you try to improve it and keep trying to improve it, and then you overdo it, and then you take it out again, and you're like, yeah, that is that's finished. Um, I think that's a good thing with words is that you can put them in and then take them out. Mm-hmm. It's not like a brushstroke, is it? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you know, and then you're like, oh, yeah. it was finished and I've overworked it now. Yeah. I, I read a nice quote with Marina Abramovich, the oh, yeah, artist, yeah. And, uh, the other week, and she described the creative process as uh, more and more of less and less. Yeah, wow. And I really like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good answer, isn't it? Because it, there's so much is... You sort of you try to get rid of this stuff that's not important and turn up the stuff that that is. Yeah, yeah I thought that was quite smart. We should wrap up soon because you're at the end of your drink and um, yeah, uh, the lights changing outside. It is. Um, what what? Um, so I'll I'll, I'll 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 bring it bring it to a close. I wanted to ask you, um, it, you know, if somebody was listening to this and, and sort of on the on the precipice of of writing or or drawing. Mm. Or making stuff, or they, or they'd found that they, they had thought something different and original about a pigeon that they'd seen on the way to work. What, yeah. what would you say to them, by way of encouragement? Um, I think try to be as true and accurate with the thought that came to you, and record it as it was, and don't try and doctor it. So to try and be like, oh, people might like it more if it was more like this. I think it's about being, staying true to that first thought and um, then trying it and seeing, because I wish every first thought that I had ever had would, went down well with an audience, but they don't. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And it's like, well, oh, that one did, that one didn't, that one did, that that didn't that didn't okay I'll just but I think it's it's trying to catch that like the glimpse of what came to them get it down and just um, do it for do it for you so that you've got something that you didn't have before that you like and is a new part of you I think and it's like oh yeah I've got th- I've got this thing that I've just made out of nothing and it didn't cost me anything and it's like a gift to yourself really and you're like hey I've I've just done this and it didn't ever exist in the world before I did it and then you'd be like oh someone's done that before but they, they won't have done it from your point of view if you're writing from your point of view not, not like I like red wine but the way that red wine makes you feel might be unique or it might remind you of it might make you look at a chair in a different way or something that is something that the re I like the only unique thing that we've got I think is you, you, yourself isn't it and what you can bring it's like that's it the only if I try to have an idea that someone's like the, yeah like I can't I can't wear a pair of jeans that are like I've got my my body and my bones and my f- thoughts and feelings and like this is what I've got to bring to the table and everyone's got that as well haven't they and it's like just do that try to get that out and did it take you a while to do you think to sometimes it takes people a little while to get beyond their influences you know to to stop writing like um, well this year I mean I'm still I'm hopefully just at the start of my journey yeah I didn't mean to imply that that you write like Richard Broughton well no I, 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 love, his, said, I, I love, love his stuff, stuff yeah. Well. yeah I know you said you I, I mean I'm a big Richard Broughton fan and I have a cutler and um, but all these people you've got to you've got to have these people who make you think oh I I like that maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe that could be like a spark for something or I think um, yeah I'd love to think that I'm gonna 
And the more you see and the more you read and the more relationships you have and the, the more your bones start to hurt and things like that, it's all going to give you different things, isn't it? But I do... I quite like talking about this stuff because it's... Uh, it makes me excited about going and doing it and trying and just seeing and knowing for the fact that like when John Lennon had his ideas for his songs he could have not done that but he worked at it and he, he got them down and he did it and they only got to where they got to through well talent but graft wasn't it and that you can you can make stuff that doesn't you know all the houses and the buildings and the architecture and paintings and it's just people who've said yes I'm going to do it instead of no isn't it final question um, in your bubble wrap poem oh yeah you, 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 you described seeing little scenes of your life yeah it, what did you think to that I liked it did you I did like it uh, and there was a line where it said you get to a point and it said the bubbles after it are empty they sit waiting for me to climb into tomorrow's plastic mm. to fill tomorrow with my life yeah yeah uh, I thought it was really nice do you know I've never um, when I was writing that I got I got um, I really enjoyed writing it but I never read it out for some reason so what was the question? The question was going to be, uh, do you have any sense of what might be in those bubbles that, you, that you've not yet popped? Um, do you think about the bubbles to come? No, I don't, do you? I do, actually, yeah. I do oh, less Do I think, think the days to... Yeah, of course I do. I mean, I'm in a... Like, my life... I've had a difficult year this year. And, um, I mean, with regards to other people having difficult years, maybe they have more difficult years than me, but as far as my life's gone, this has been one where I've gone like, I mean, my work's been all right, but the, the, the bubbles of, I think I just want to, um, I don't know. I think that is one of the, th the only thing that I can see at the moment that is, has any kind of stability to it is uh, my work. Which is quite a scary thing, really, because I don't like being alone. Um, but I don't know. I think there's something about committing to the art and being like... Maybe you just take one for the team and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do all the time. I'm just going to try and uh, do it and um, give it, just give my life to it. And I probably should have worked harder than I have. Um, but maybe that thought is something that makes me work harder if I constantly think that maybe I do work quite hard I think I do work quite hard but there's people who've got sitcoms on in America do you know what I mean they're putting plays on in the National Theatre and I'm not doing that I've just done a show at the Edinburgh Festival that went alright and I'm going to do a, quite a big tour of it next year and, but the thing that 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 thing that you're talking about with the bubbles is like one thing I do find quite difficult going back to that and the paycheck I'd always look at bands and be like oh they've got it made those lads you know like Arctic Monkeys yeah and but they haven't because it never stops if they stopped it would just stop. They wouldn't make any more. They've got to make more and keep it going. Otherwise, it's like, 
done. We've got this back catalogue. We're not doing it anymore. So that is like a, it's like a, the, but it's good to, you know, to have the mountain in front of you is great, isn't it? I wouldn't want to be at the top of it. That I, I, because then, you know, the other way is down, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't want, I feel like I'm at base camp now. Yeah. It's like, okay, come on. And I want the top, I want it to be at the end when I'm 95, you know? Yeah. So beautifully timed. Yeah, I mean, chance to arrive at this summit. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, here we yeah. go. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, finally got sitcom <laughs> in America. <laughs> By this 95 year old Yorkshire. You can die now. Yeah. 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 The mountain is still there. Well, it uh, is, yeah, in a big way. Well, I, it's, it's been wonderful talking to you, Rob. You too. And, and uh, uh, I, for one, am very grateful that you are um, still ascending. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, so thank you for very sure. much. Thank you very much. So there we are, Mr. Rob Orton. If you've not seen Rob live yet, well, you really should. Tour dates and a scathing review from Vanessa Feltz are on his site, roborton.co.uk. Next time I'll be chatting with Tourette's hero Jess Tom, a very lovely human being who, despite saying biscuit an average of 16 times a minute, has carved out a career as a writer, stand-up and performer. That's all for now. Goodbye. <laughs>